welcome to the True Tabernacle podcast channel. We hope that you find encouragement and inspiration during one of our sermons, discussions, or interviews. For more information regarding our faith community, connect with us on Facebook at our True Tabernacle page. And while you're at it, hit subscribe to this channel to stay connected. God we serve, amen. To all our visitors, we welcome you, amen, here this morning. Uh, I'm filling in again. God is good. Uh, good to see Jam. Good to have our family here. James, Yvonne, and Leila, amen. All our visitors, we got a new family here as well. God is so good. I have three portions of scriptures I'm going to try to come from a message with. The first one will be Luke, the 24th chapter, verses 49. Then Acts, the first chapter, verses 4 and 5. And then Habakkuk, second chapter, verses 2 and 3. Amen. We'll be a, I think this is the final one in this modern day book of Acts church. Amen. We are a book of Acts church. We are the church. Amen. Uh, Waiting for that one last great promise that in the last days God's going to pour his spirit up on all flesh. Amen. Waiting for that trump to sound. That way we can be just snatched and called up out of here. Amen. But Luke 24 and 49 says this. Thank you all for the worship this morning. The presence of the Lord is in this place. Amen. Thank you for your sensitivity to the to the songs and to the worship and the moving of the spirit. Amen. But Luke 24 and 49 says, And behold, I send a promise of my Father upon you. But tarry, say tarry. Tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Amen. Once you go to Jerusalem, I want you to wait. Amen. Because there's a promise coming. But I need you to go there. I need you to wait until the promise comes. Acts, the first chapter, verses 4 and 5. The word of the Lord says this, And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, Ye have heard me, for John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Again, I want you to go to Jerusalem. I want you to wait for the promise of the Father. And then Habakkuk, the second chapter, verses 2 and 3, and says, And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables, that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. Amen. The vision, the promise is for an appointed time. But at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, though it's going to wait, amen, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. It's coming. It's going to seem like it's taking forever, but it's going to come to pass. Amen. You just wait upon the promise of the Lord. So for this morning, if you allow me, I want to talk about the, the, the pause before the promise. Amen. The pause before the promise. Let's put our Bibles down. Let's lift our hands and let's ask the Lord to bless the word. 
Lord, we love and we praise you, Lord, and we thank you, Lord, for your presence that's in this place, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for hearing our cries, Lord, for answering our prayers, Lord, for being an on-time God, Lord Jesus. Lord, we thank you for all that you do. We thank you for the Holy Ghost, Lord. We thank you for our word. We thank you for the church, Lord. We thank you. Lord, for everything, Lord, that you've done. Lord, you've been faithful to us, Lord. Your goodness, Lord, endureth forever, Lord. I just pray, Lord, that you continue to touch, Lord. Help us this morning, I opening up our ears, Lord, our hearts and our minds to receive this word, that we can leave here different than what we came, Lord Jesus. Standing upon your word, Lord Jesus, knowing that faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, Lord. I just pray, Lord, that we'll also not be hearers only, Lord, but we'll be doers also, Lord, as we apply this word to our lives. And in Jesus' name we pray, and let everybody say amen. amen. Thank you, Jesus. The Pauls. Amen. What an expectant group that gathered together in Jerusalem to wait for the promise. Luke tells us that they left the mountain of Christ's ascension full of joy. They was fired up. They was excited. He had told them, you go and to Jerusalem. You wait till you be endued with power from on high. Amen. I can just imagine them running there excited. You know, hey, he told us to go and wait. You know, the the last one, the first one, the last one's a rotten egg, you know. We're getting there. They was beating feet. I don't know if they stopped on their way there to, to pick up any provisions or anything because obviously they did not know how long the wait was going to be. All they know is they was told to go and wait for the promise. So they excitingly, expecting after seeing, I'll put it this way, after I'm standing on that mountain and Jesus has ascended and he told me to go wait, I'm beating feet to Jerusalem. Amen, because if he's left like that and he's gave me a promise, I want to be a part of that promise. Amen. The book of Acts tells us that they gathered together in that upper room and they waited for the promise. Wait, Jesus said, tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem. The book of Corinthians tells us that the resurrected Jesus was seen by as many as 500 people. Amen, that day. However, in the latter half, Latter half of the first chapter of the book of Acts, when Peter stood before the followers gathered in the upper room, the writer notes that the fact that there was only 120 gathered there. One might wonder, how does 500 people get whittled down to 120? After all, the promise was imminent. It's coming. Amen. He told us to go and wait. Jesus was resurrected. He had given the promise in person. If you will wait on me, I will pour out my spirit. You go to Jerusalem and you wait. However, between the declaration of the promise and the fulfillment of the promise, there exists a 10-day pause that is summed up in a single word, wait. Wait. I want us to understand this morning that God inserted a pause before the promise. Amen. Perhaps this is the single greatest factor in the reduced number of followers. At least 380 of them couldn't endure the wait. Almost 400 people missed the promise because they couldn't get past the pause. Amen. Now, that don't mean they wasn't part of the overflow or later on. Amen. But they was told to go and wait in Jerusalem. Amen. Obviously, they went, but something happened during the wait that caused them to walk out and leave the promise. See, waiting is not something that we're good at. Let's be honest. Well, we just hate to wait. Amen. I experienced that yesterday. I got in the car, headed to the airport, turned on the radio, 93.3, and it's saying that there's a 
I-75 going up to Cutting the Hill is a, a two lanes, down to two lanes. You know, traffic's backed up. It's going to be 20, 30 minutes. Boom. Thank God for the faithful 275 because I did not want to be stuck in no traffic. Amen. We hate waiting. You know, we hate to stand in lines. You know, the drive throughs kills us. Amen. We like instant pudding and microwave popcorn. We like instant everything. We want it right now. We don't want to wait for nothing. We like things to come to pass quickly as possible without lingering, empty anticipation on a long, drawn-out period of waiting. It drives us nuts. What do you mean I got to wait? You know, my appointment's at 4 o'clock. It's 4.20. I've been waiting here since, since, since 4.05, you know. However, I want us to understand this morning that genuine Book of Acts revival was born in the crucible of a pause. Amen. It was a waiting room that gave birth to apostolic revival. Amen. It was only after 10 long agonizing days of expectantly waiting that God poured out his spirit. I can imagine the frustration of some. I can just imagine others that began to declare after a few days it's never going to happen. Amen. I've been here 42 hours, four hours, all this. I got things to do. Does not nobody understand my time matters? We get that idea, my time matters. Above all things, well, I'm important. But I've been waiting, I've been waiting. They said he was coming to pick me up. Where are they at? You know, waiting and waiting. Everybody would think, well, you're, you was in the military, you're used to waiting. But you know what? When the military, when we was waiting, we pulled out our smart book and educated ourselves. We found something to occupy the time. Get down, do some push-ups, do some jumping jacks, especially on cold days like today. You know, you want to heat up, you, you heat it up, but you found something to do in the pause, in the wait. Amen. I could just imagine affairs of life began to crop up and someone said, I've got to go take care of my business and left the waiting room, that upper room where the glory of God would be poured out. Make no mistake about it. The book of Acts apostolic revival was poured out to the faithful few that held on to the promise when others let it go. Amen. Those faithful few that refused to leave the waiting room but tarried until they were endued with power from on high. If we are going to be a modern-day Book of Acts church, we must recognize that there is power in the pause. Amen. There's power in that pause. Amen. Follow with me for a moment. This whole idea of having to wait on the promise of God isn't nothing new to the church. Amen. Or anybody of God. Amen. In a portion of our text this morning, God gave Habakkuk a vision of what he was going to bring to pass. He then told Habakkuk to write the vision down. Mark it down. Preserve it for posterity. Declare it to all that will listen. God is going to do what he said he will do. You can take that to the bank. If God gave you a word, it is going to come to pass. Amen. Get a hold of the vision. Get a hold of it and get it settled in your heart. Write it down. That later on, that doubt can't steal it from you. Amen. When your mind starts playing tricks with you. And enemies coming in and flooding. When you write it down, I'm standing on the promise of God. I have his word I'm standing upon. Make sure you establish the fact that this is what God said he was going to do. But then he goes on to declare that the vision is for an appointed time. When is that time? You know, pastor made a good point Sunday night. When is enough enough? When is, God, when is the trump of God going to sound? Amen. The question is, are we ready? 
We've been in this pause since he said, you know, the trumpet of God is going to sound. He's coming back again. We've been in this long pause. But what are we doing during this pause? Hopefully we're preparing ourselves. We're digging into this word. We're digging wells. You know, getting rooted and grounded and waiting for that trump. But amen, at the same time, though, hopefully we're impacting lives of people around us. Amen, with this gospel and how we're living our life. Amen. The problem isn't that we're too many times we allow the, the weight to rob us of the promise. Too many times we lose our way somewhere in the pause before the promise. Just like the upper room, there are many that fall, fall away and fade away during the, the, the waiting. Amen. But I want us to understand this morning that God is going to do what he said he would do. Amen. His promises are yea and Amen. What God has spoken into your heart, amen, what God has spoken into your life, what God has declared for this church is going to come to pass, amen. It is written, amen. It is the promise of God. Don't interrupt, don't interpret the pause to mean that God somehow has faltered in his promise. Oh, I've done something. God's not hearing me. God's heard your promise, amen. The Bible lets me know in Daniel 10 that he heard Daniel's cry the first day. Amen, but there's, like we talked about, there's a war in heaven. Amen, that's pausing it, but it's during that pause. What are you doing during the pause to prepare yourself, to arm yourself? Understand this, God told it back, in the end it will speak. The vision will come to pass. God will make good on what he said he would do. The next statement from God to Habakkuk, in my mind, is very profound. He said, the vision, God said, it doesn't lie. It doesn't lie. It's going to come to pass. Amen. You can take it to the bank. That check's not going to bounce. If God gave you a word and God gave you a promise, if God put a calling on your life, it's going to come to pass. We've just got to endure until we get there and do everything we can to prepare ourselves. Amen. I'm here this morning to tell you that the vision doesn't lie. There's a church in Middletown because it was appointed by God. This thing is founded on a vision, and the vision doesn't lie. God has a call on your life. He has a purpose for you. And though the, you may be walking through a valley right now, though you find yourself in a waiting room, though you find yourself in a pause, I need to remind you that God's promise does not lie. You can hold on to that promise. Don't give up on that promise. Keep digging those wells. Keep praying. Keep getting in that word. Keep assembling yourselves together. Amen. It's going to come to pass because God's word doesn't lie. Amen. Take it to the bank. See, the problem is what I have learned through the passage of time is that the key to making it through the pause is we've got to get heaven's perspective on it. We see it from our perspective. We see it from the valley. We see it from the ditch that we are in, right? When God sits on the throne and he sees all things, but we can't get past the vision of ourselves where we're at. Amen. Our perspective, oh Lord, I'm keep going through this. Woe is me. Why is every time this happens, I got to go through this? Why does this always seem to happen? Every time I make one step, I got to take two steps back. Seems like everything that happens always happens to me. You know, and we're in this ditch, we're in this tunnel, and we can't look because sometimes when we're going through something, we're too busy looking down instead of looking up to the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. Our help, our ever-present help. We just got to look up and get a fresh perspective and look at it through his eyes. 
Amen. Watch this. While the Lord is speaking to Habakkuk, he makes what seems at first a very contradictory statement. Amen. Though it tarry, wait for it. Because it surely will come. It will not tarry. Well, I'm waiting. You told me to tarry and wait. But now you're telling me it's not going to tarry. It's going to come. All right. Let's look at the two halves of this statement. The first half is addressed to the reader. It's addressed to us. The subject is implied you. Amen. What God is saying is that even though it seems to tarry from your perspective, wait for it. Amen. Look up. Quit looking down. Quit looking at what's all going around you and stand upon my promise. Amen. The second half of the sentence, on the other hand, states objective fact. Because it will surely come, it's coming, it will not tarry. This is heaven's point of view. Amen. From heaven's point of view, it won't tarry because it's already been done. Understand this this morning. As far as God is concerned, you've already got the answer to your prayer. All right? You might say, but I don't see it yet. That's your point of view. But from God's point of view, it's already been done. Remember this. God doesn't know a limitation on time. Amen? He has, there's no limitation of time for him. His appointed time, we're sitting here, we're looking at it through the hour, hands on a, on a clock. When God doesn't even have that, he created all time. Amen? See, he inhabits all space and, of, and all time at once. He sees yesterday, today, and tomorrow, all as they are right now. All is one. Amen? As far as God is concerned, the situation has already been worked out. For God's p- point of view, the promise has already come to pass. The vision has already been fulfilled. Amen? The scripture declares that God's word will never return void. Praise God, it doesn't come back void. See, the truth is that from the moment the word was spoken, the deed has already been done. This is why Peter can can declare that Jesus Christ was the lamb slain from foundation of the world. Because before sin entered the world, before God finished creating this world, his promise had already been fulfilled. Yes, there, there is a lot of tarrying. Yes, there were years of waiting. Yes, there is a pause before the promise, but the scripture declares that the righteous dead of the Old Testament were saved by their obedience through faith. How? Not by the blood of bulls and goats, but by the precious blood of Jesus. Because on the basis of their faithful obedience, God looked forward to the cross and justified them by the blood of heaven's spotless lamb. That's why we can tell, we can tell the sinner today that you can be washed in the blood of the Lamb. Because, of, because as far as God is concerned, flesh blood still flows from Calvary. Amen. It's never lost its power. It's still flowing. I see a crimson stream of blood that flows from Calvary. There's still an old rugged cross. Amen. And the blood still flows. Amen. And the same is true with your promise. Amen. Though you may find yourself waiting on it, the word of the Lord comes echoing through the corridors of time. Don't be discouraged. It's already been done. The promise is yours. Wait upon the Lord and see. Isaiah said, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Wait for it. It's coming. Don't be impatient. We're impatient. 
people. We want it again. We want it lickety split. But with the Lord, we got to learn to wait. Amen. Why? Because the vision doesn't lie. Amen. The vision doesn't lie. Why? Because the promise is going to come to pass. If you wait upon the Lord, you can rest assured that in the fullness of his time, he's going to bring the promise to pass. Now, this is difficulty for much of us. Amen. I think we can all agree that waiting is not something we like. Amen. Especially right now, you're out here trying to shop. You know, my wife brought up a pretty good point. These outlet malls, the buildings ain't bigger than nothing. Then they cram it full of stuff. Then you want to know why you got a line waiting out the door. You got the aisles full of stuff. Amen. To tempt me. Oh, well, yeah, I need that. I need that. You know, but we waiting. Waiting. It tears us up to wait. But the Bible says, wait, tarry. Amen. We say we believe God, but we get real frustrated with this with his timing. And begin to doubt his promises. Amen. And that's why we got to keep a press, look at things from his perspective, not our perspective. Amen. God, here I am lingering in this sickness and you haven't even healed me. Lord, I've been praying. I've been battling this. I've been battling that. And you have not answered my prayer yet. You know, just like Daniel, maybe, maybe there's an angel warm with your promise that's coming. But it's coming. Amen. It's coming. Amen. <laughs> the angel told, told Daniel, well, hey, we heard you cry the first day. Amen. And it was coming. But you know, Daniel, he was faithful. He kept praying. He kept fasting. He didn't throw in the towel. That's our example. Don't throw in the towel. I can't remember her name, but she, she swung the English channel. Amen. Three times. Took her two times. Two times of failing. The first time she fell and attempting to sing it. She fell less than a mile short because the fog came in. She lost her vision. And she has this group of people around her. Come on, you're almost there. You just keep going. Don't give up. Now, if the, the fog could have moved, she could have seen the finish line. But sometimes we get so frustrated because we can't see that finish line. And every time we get close, it's like as you're teaching a baby to walk, you step backwards. You keep coming forward. You keep stepping backwards. Man, it seems like it keeps going on and on. It's a country mile. When's it going to end? Amen. But we get so frustrated in the wait. And we throw in the towel. Amen. If she was less than 500 meters away and threw in the towel, I could have dog paddled 500 feet, I think, or backstroke or float, something. Amen. But it's about the finish, folks. It's not about getting frustrated. It's understanding that I'm, I'm pressing towards that mark and I've got to run this race with patience and I've got to hold his unchanging hand. Amen. Because the reward at the end is greater than what I'm going through now. And we just got to keep pressing and keep pushing. God, I prayed and I prayed for salvation for my loved ones and nothing has happened. The promise is coming. You just keep praying. Amen. Keep praying. God, we've been asking for revival and we're not seeing anything. Revival's coming. Amen. We're in the pause. I said, and I'm thinking about that upper room. It got dwindled down to 120 and I keep thinking 
Man, as they went, because the Bible lets me know that, you know, when they came in, that, that when, it was, when they got to the point where there's in one mind and one accord, when they got together, when they pushed all the junk, when, oh, man, I got alt with my brother over there, let me go settle this alt. They started praying for each other. They started doing all this. God started working on them and changing them because, see, it's in that weight that God prepares us for the promise. Amen. But he's got to prepare us if we're not, not ready. The pastor been teaching that series on Wednesday. And, you know, about our ground, you know, plowing up that, that hallow ground. Amen. We got to be prepared. How can we receive a group of people if the church is not ready? We got to come together, one mind, one accord. Amen. And be prepared. God is preparing us for the promise. Amen. We just got to keep tearing, keep waiting. We got to keep praying. We got to keep doing all that God's called us to do. Amen. Because it's in preparation for us. Amen. I can tell you this morning, God's promises are certain. And they will be fulfilled at exactly the right time. His time, not our time. Amen. They will not delay one minute more than God's perfect timing. The vision doesn't lie. The promise is still true. In the last days, he said, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. It's still going to happen. Amen. We are seeing a little bit about what God is wanting to do. Because see, the latter rain, the word says, will be greater than the former. The promise is going to come to pass. Amen. These promises belong to a book of Acts church, and they are going to come to pass according to God's word in God's time. Amen. We have to remember that it's God's time, not, not, not Rex's time, not Anthony's time, not Bobby's time, God's time. See the waiting room. Me and my wife have spent entirely too much time in waiting rooms. I've had to wait in more than her, unfortunately. Around 2013, when, when our parents started going through sicknesses and everything, we spent a lot of time in waiting rooms, emergency rooms, operating rooms, and all that. And they all look the same, by the way. The neutral decorations and neutral soothing colors, and they are places where hope and hopelessness, I mean, battle on a daily basis. Amen? In that waiting room. There's an imminent sense of despair and a constant presence of anxiety in that waiting room. In a waiting room, everything is out of our control. Amen? We can't control it. We're sitting there waiting for somebody to come out. And give us an update. They even got these screens now, which that sucker ain't never worked for me. They give you this little number and you look. So they, they've never made it out of the pre-op. You know, they come out two, three hours later and tell me, hey, Mr. Howard, you can come with us to the recovery room. What? They never made it out of pre-op according to this ticket. Amen. Talk about there's some more anxiety. Man, what's going on, man? Did something happen? You know, did they pass out? You know, something sick? You know, somebody come out and say something. Then and add that on. They're calling people into these rooms. That's not good. Oh, man. Then they come out and they call you. Hey, well, let's step back in this room. Oh, boy, this ain't good. There's some more anxiety. All right. I like it when they come out, sit down beside and you start talking. Okay, cool. Things must have went good. But our mind in the waiting room, our mind can get the best of us. Man, we just run rampant. Oh, it's just like life. Everything we do, boy, our mind can get the best of us. Amen. I sat there one time. I can't remember. I know it was one of the Miami Valleys. I'll say this about Miami Valley. They, whether it's Miami Valley South, North, 
main campus, whatever. They got great cafes, by the way. All right? It tells you how many times I've been there. Amen? But I remember sitting there one time waiting. I took my iPad, and I go over there, and I had already been through this so much. I had downloaded some preaching. I was going to go back here and listen. I was going to listen to Jeff Arnold. I'm not going to die in my dilemma. So I go back. I find me a spot in the back waiting room. And I put my earbuds in, put them in there. I get over there and I'm by myself. I got this on, close my eyes, and I'm listening, preaching. I'm amening. You know, it's what we do in the pause, folks. Amen. It's what we do in the pause. I'm sitting there, man. Next day, no, man. I've got my eyes closed. You know, I'm just meditating. I open up, man, and there's all of a sudden I got a crowd of people. About four or five, six people back there. I didn't think nothing about it. Okay, I'll just shut my eyes and pray some more. Doing, doing my thing. I look up. This one guy mouth something. I couldn't understand what he said. I was like, oh man, maybe I got my earbuds. Maybe I'm too loud or something. I'm interfering with him. I take it out, and it's at that time I realized. I didn't push the earbuds all the way in. All right? So now I got these six guys. Now this guy's mouth, can you turn that up a little bit? Because Jeff Arnold's ministering to him at the same time, see? Because, see, it's what we do in the, in, in, in the waiting room. Amen? That matters. Amen? We got to build altars in the waiting room. Amen? Right, I was building an altar, and my altar started infecting and impacting others around me. Amen? You no longer do something, but the only thing that you are able to do is wait in a waiting room. Through experience, I've learned that the only one meaningful thing that you can do in a way, while in the waiting room, in that place where worry, doubt, and fear are completely unproductive. Amen? The only thing you can do and the consequences in the waiting room is, built, is to build an altar. Amen? Build an altar of prayer. Build an altar of praise and worship. Amen? It may seem like much, not, not much to you as an outsider, but you will build an altar, things will change. Amen. From that altar of prayer, you are able to adjust your vision to heaven's point of view. Amen. You lay things on the altar. You put that worry. You put that stress. Amen. That anxiety. You lay it on that altar. See, from the altar of prayer, you're able to grab a hold of the promises and the faith and stand upon the simple fact that the vision doesn't lie. Amen. The vision is going to come to pass. As a matter of fact, the book of Acts tells me that exactly what the first century church did when they found themselves in God's waiting room in the pause before the promise was they built an altar. Amen. Acts 1 and 14 says that these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. According to Brother Marvin Treese, the literal translation goes something like this. These were all busily engaged in prayer with one accord. Nothing else mattered but touching the throne of God, building an altar, laying that anxiety down, that worry down, that stress down upon an altar. Amen. Because the weight produces things that we don't need to be putting weights on us. Amen. But giving those weights over to God. Again, according to Brother Treese, amen, this was no social gathering. This was a no casual church service. They were constantly engaged in fervent prayer. This is the power of the pause. This is what Isaiah meant when he said, they shall mount up with wings like eagles. Amen. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. The pause 
clause isn't meant to rob you of your promise. It is there to prepare you for the promise. Amen. It is a place where you construct your altar and pray the blessings of God into your life. Amen. Not giving up, not giving in. Understand, I'm giving it over to Jesus. Amen. It's in the weight. Amen. Of the promise. The promise is coming. Amen. And we need to build altars when we're in that time of, of, of weight. We need to dig wells. Amen. I'm praying. I'm praying for this. Okay, dig deeper. Sooner or later, you're going to strike that water, and that water's going to come springing up. Amen. And it's going to be refreshing and renewing. That strength is going to come upon you. Amen. The vision is going to come more clear. But you just got to keep pressing towards that, through that weight because the promise is coming. It's just a little pause. It's just a little pause. It's going to come to pass. Amen. Don't throw in the towel. I don't know what you're praying for this morning. I don't know what all you're going through, but I know it's just a pause. And I know God doesn't lie. This word will not come back void. Amen. You just keep pressing. You just keep going. Amen. This is a hard time for a lot of people this time of year. Dealing with, with, with depression and all that. Keep praying. Amen. I'm telling somebody right now, you keep praying. You keep fighting. You keep digging. You keep pressing. Don't let this pause beat you down. Don't let your mind get the best of you because you got the promise of God. You dig into that word. You surround your people with yourself with people precious like faith. You come in one of mine, one accord with them. You join together and you strand together for that promise. Amen. Stand with me. Amen. I want to remind you that though you may find yourself in a waiting room, of sorts. God is going to bring the promise to pass. Amen. The promise does not lie. Amen. There will be apostolic revival in Middletown. Amen. There will be apostolic revival in your family. Amen. God is going to restore some things. Amen. That have been robbed. Amen. It's just a pause we're in right now. And we just got to keep pressing. This building will echo with shouts of the redeemed again. Amen. New souls will be born at these altars. Amen. The vision doesn't lie. The promise hasn't changed. God will do what He said He will do. Amen. I also want to challenge you to join with me in this pause before the promise and let's just build altars together. Amen. Can we build altars together? Amen. 2020, 2021. 2022, I keep hearing everybody talk about how bad and how horrible it was. We can change that in 2023 by building altars. Amen. Altars of prayer, altars of fasting, altars of fellowship, coming together, letting God do what God wants to do by putting things on that altar that does not count. Amen. Let's seek the face of God together. Let's join together like never before and pray for apostolic revival here for Middletown, for our families, amen, for our loved ones, amen. God wants to restore, amen. Let's get an upper room atmosphere in our homes, amen, and in our private prayer times, amen. This all starts at home, amen. Build those altars at home, amen. Build those altars. Let us become constantly engaged in fervent prayer that the promise will come to pass. Amen. I understand it's hard to give up our time. 
But we've got to build those altars. We've got to have that time when we get in that closet and we've got to build those altars of prayer, altars of worship. Amen. And be fervent about it. Amen. It'd be great to see you here on Tuesday nights packed out because we've got a hold of the vision, knowing that the vision doesn't lie. And we're coming together and praying. Amen. And revival starting to move. That will start at home. Amen. We'll do that at home. We can do that here. Amen. I'm asking you to daily go before the throne and pray for revival. Amen. Pray for personal revival. Pray for church revival. Pray for this nation. Pray for a mighty outpouring of the Holy Ghost upon all this nation and the nations around us. Amen. We need God like never before. Amen. I'm asking you to meet me here if you can. Let's make a pact. Let's meet here on Tuesdays. Amen. What about if before services we started meeting in the prayer room? Or make this the prayer room? Amen. And let God move. Amen. I think that's our challenge for 2023. Let's get back to the basics of prayer. Let's get back to the basics of building altars. Amen. And not letting the busyness and the doubt and the fear and everyday things of life get in our way. Amen. The vision doesn't lie. The promise will come to pass. Amen. Let us tarry together until we turn this city and our families upside down with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. It's the pause before the promise. Amen. It's going to come to pass. Amen. I'm opening up these altars. They're going to play something softly. I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to ask you to come. Amen. And find a place and tarry and wait. Amen. Lay it at the altar. Start building an altar this morning. Amen. Give it over to God. I know that you have a promise. You have a word of God on your life. Amen. And it may not seem like it's come to pass, but it is going to come to pass because the promise doesn't lie. Can we come find a place? Can we find a place and pray? Can we seek fervently after God? Let's ask for some answers. Amen. Let's pray to God. Let's give it over to Him this morning. Amen. It's all His time. Let's help. Let's ask God to give us His perspective, to see it with His vision this morning. Amen. I'm tired of seeing it from my vision. Lord, let me see it from your vision. Amen. Because you see all things. When I don't see it, you see it. Lord, we just praise and magnify you, Lord, giving you honor and glory. Hallelujah.